Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. I am your host, uh, Will, aka CyberSmiley. Whoa, hold on. Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. I am your host, uh, Will, aka. We doing okay over there? Yeah. (laughs) It's my own thing, so you you can introduce yourself. I just need to fix something. We doing okay over there? I I am your co-host, Wisdom Zero Zero Zero, aka Derek Vernier. Uh, I am of Data Fortress 2020 fame, and my friend Will over here, he is the Cyber Smiley Data Fortress guy. Yeah, and we'd like to give uh, a thanks to uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, for hosting us. Uh, you can visit his site uh, at www.cyberpunkuncensored.com, and you already know about him because he's, uh, he's hosting us, and we thank him for that. So uh, I think... We want to, so we're going to continue our review of uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, but before we start that, I think the big news happened on Monday with uh, our Talsarian's release of the homebrew content policy um, that came out. So, uh, Derek, if you want to give your opinion first, and then I can uh, follow you up on that. I mean, I think it's good that they're throwing that out there. It gives it gives the creators permission to like play. Uh, and and publish the things that they've played, not in a professional sense, but online. They can throw it out there and they can share it without any fear of repercussion. Uh, I mean, most of it's been common sense for the entirety of like the cyberpunk web presence, or, uh, as far as the game goes anyway. Um, I didn't see anything in there that was problematic in the slightest. It, it, like I said, it's all just common sense stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> when I was um, reading through some of the details, you know, the, the quoting, and I think I probably have one or two things that I probably need to uh, re-engineer. Specifically, I think my combat zone utility uh, that will generate an event, I think that has a little too much copyrighted material that I just need to summarize as opposed to <clears throat> having really? it verbatim. I didn't see it. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I might have... Just like just to quickly get it out because I, I that I created it last year, so I was basically pushing out you know something every month. So um, mm-hmm. I, I might have just did a, a quick copy paste just to get something out there. But yeah, that I'm going to take I care of soon. Okay. I mean, most of it just comes down, just boils down to don't try and pass your work off as official Talsorian uh, product. 
Yep. Or in any, yeah. I mean, and that's just like I said, it's just common sense. Don't 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 make their logo bigger than your logo. Yeah. Don't don't present it as cyberpunk red blah blah blah. Present it as you know blah 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 to be used in conjunction with cyberpunk red or whatever. I mean, just it's good. Yeah, and, and I think the best thing about it is it's now posted and visible, and everyone knows what the rules are exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, because I know, I mean, it's not OGL, uh, which, you know, would have been beautiful, but <laughs> it's, it's as good as, as it gets for amateur, uh, amateurs like us who are just trying to put out content for people to use. Yeah. Because I, I, I often see a lot of new content and it's always that question of, are we stepping on RTG's IP, you know, or, you know, what is yeah. that? What is that line? And I think this kind of gives a clear version of it, which is great. Well, I mean, 2077's got so much bootleg material out there that I think that's what they're trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so let's head into, uh, speaking of uh, Cyberpunk 2077, let's uh, head into it. So uh, this session we're going to do a, the topic of the night is uh, the missions. And uh, just talking through the various Ooh, missions boy. that are out there. Um, so basically, we, we well, I kind of broke them down into uh, the beginning missions. So all the beginning missions specifically for each role. Then you have your main missions, right, to complete the overall arching quest. You have your side missions, the gigs, the police reports. And then I think at the end, we'll talk about uh, the four endings, as it were. So um, let's get started with the beginning missions. So, uh, like I said, I, my first playthrough was with uh, the Street Kid. Um, so that, and FYI to anybody who's watching, there's definitely going to be spoilers. Um, oh, spoilers galore! <laughs> galore! Exactly. So, if you guys want to keep things sacred and and fresh for you, uh, I would say just. Maybe uh, watch this after. Come back and listen yeah. to us when you're done. Exactly. So with this street kid, um, basically it was uh, the uh, mission in which you kind of help out the bartender at the uh, Coyote. Um, yeah. And, and kind of pay off his debt by going and stealing a car. And that's where you get to meet Jackie. Um, you also, that's that you get to meet uh, Padre earlier there too. Yep. Oh, and... <laughs> And that was uh, one of the more interesting things is uh, so that guy or that um, Sixth Street ganger who eventually uh, or pulls Padre over and starts talking shit to him. Um, you actually find him later in a, like a, a side alley killed. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget uh, which legendary items there, but it's, it's you're not going to. It's not marked on the map as like any side quest or or anything like that. It's one of those hidden little gems you find. Yeah, it wasn't Skippy, but it was it was almost the same setup. Yeah. Um. Then there was the corporate one, which is uh, you kind of. Uh... <clears throat> I really liked the corporate one. Yeah. Um, it was nice to just, hey, you get to drive in an AV, get champagne while you're going places. Yeah, you um, get to live the high life. For just a few minutes. Uh, then it comes all boiling down. 
that was my biggest problem with the corporate beginning is it's so much shorter than the others. Like it's it's over before you even get to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think the introduction of Jackie being you know a previous friend of yours was an interesting twist as well compared to the other two. Yeah, it, I mean it, it did it, it it felt a little weird. Like why would you be hanging out with the street thug? But I mean, why not? A contact is a contact, and Jackie, well, Jackie's a contact. Yeah, and I think the the relationship that sparked from the street kid in which, you know, you're trying to steal a car, he comes in and tries to steal it from you, and you get basically beat up by, yeah. by the police, and then it's like, oh, yeah, guess what? You guys are friends now. Um, <laughs> that that was perfect. That was, I mean, that was Cyberpunk Introduction 101 right there. Um, it wasn't my favorite intro, but man, did it, it, did it tick off every box you want to see in a cyberpunk like if you were playing the game as a tabletop that's about how it'd go down yep and then you had the nomad and i've only played that that's the one baby so I'll, i'll let you uh give your feedback on that the best part about the nomad is you get to uh before the before it really starts even like you get to run around in a world that is a, a, a large, a fairly large area of the map that afterwards becomes completely inaccessible. So if you're playing the Nomad, be sure to explore that area completely. There's, it's not like there's anything special to find, but you'll never get to do it again. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, the, the dynamic between you meeting Jackie, it's interesting. I like it. Uh, it's weird to see Jackie playing a fixer role compared to how he acts later on, but it's, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was the better of the three because it kind of, a, it showed you, Hey, nomads are disrespected in the beginning, right? When you're in the garage trying to fix it and the mechanics like, yeah, you know, giving you the runaround and then the sheriff, comes in and kind of gives that old west oh, yeah. feel, like, you know. Get out of my town. Don't yeah. be here by sundown. And then the the border comes um, I also like the fact that the mission that you're undertaking is fairly ridiculous, which is about par for the course for Cyberpunk here. Yeah. When you yeah, well, find I mean, out I'm not going to I'm not going to just <laughs> Yeah, you you're fucking you're transporting a lizard. Now, I mean, that's cool. It's a, it's it's a nice, it's a nice shout out to Blade Runner. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. Like, is that Blizzard real? Oh my god. Yeah, and then having what, what was it, three or four uh, Arasaka SUVs chasing you down and throwing in a gunfight over a lizard, over a lizard, <laughs> and then you see one, you see one later in the game at a at a key pivotal moment, and you're like, hey, I remember you. Yeah. Um, the lizard doesn't care though. He's still just a lizard. Yeah, I thought that that one was probably the best because I think it had, I think it had the most kind of content in it, right? Um, yeah, it, it it lasts the longest. You 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 get a better. I also think the nomad way to bring you into the city is the best way to do it because you're discovering everything as your character is. Whereas if you're playing the street kid or the corporate, well, you already live in Night City. You know all this shit. None of this should be new information to you. Yep. So. But for the nomad, yeah, it's all fucking, it's all foreign. It's, 
yeah, that's that's the best way you can possibly get to know the city. Yep. All right, moving on to the main mission. So uh, I don't know if we want to tackle that first or go into all the little side missions and gigs and all those. I mean, and... they're intertwined, so... Yeah, true. We can just talk about the ones that we really dig. And the yeah. thing is, is you're not going to hear me complain about any of this stuff because I love all the missions. There was not a one that I didn't have a good time doing. Yep. So main mission was basically uh, the setup for the heist. Um, I think. Yeah. I think the pickup. I think prior to the heist, I think those missions actually have outcomes later within the game. There are a few mission like side missions that kind of have different alternative endings and kind of play into the main mission. But I think the ones leading up to the heist really impact it because, you know, what you do in, um, when you're dealing with, this is going to sound, this is going to sound negative, but it's not. Those first missions were what they used to advertise the game, like two years before it was released. And I think that kind of locked them into, well, that's how these missions have to play out. Yep. Um, they have to have, you know, these choices because we've already shown them to have them. Now, they still remove some of those choices, which is a major bummer. Um, but yeah, the game, the, the missions themselves are still a blast. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, some of them do lead into, you know, there, there's kind of three different outcomes. Well, I mean, that's where you meet the Moxies, yeah. which leads you into the whole... Uh, uh, which, Evelyn. you know, that introduces you to Judy later and the whole Evelyn side quest. Uh, that's where you meet, like you said, that's where you meet Maelstrom and they become important later on, especially in, in relation to, you know, there's two different sides you can take when fighting the Maelstrom. Yeah. Actually, there's three. You can technically kill everybody, but uh, that won't help you in the end. Well, I mean, to me... Maelstrom gave you the most choices when you started to deal with Royce, right? So, A, you could have gone to Militech, gotten the chip, hacked the chip, give him the chip, right? And he gets paid off. Yeah. You can pay him tell him that there's a virus on the chip, and they're like, oh. Um, Or you you can uh, just kill them all. Yeah, and you don't tell them there's a virus, and, you know, that's when you get to kill them all. Or then you just blow uh, or just shoot uh, Royce right in the head immediately, which has a drastic different outcome through that quest, right? Because now, yes, you're you're dealing with the the lower guys, but you don't have that big mob or boss fight at the end uh, when you're trying to escape. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing... And you uh, don't have... You don't the the later in the story when you're doing the carry uridine thing. Yep, that changes dramatically as well, especially yes. in terms of uh, the uh, iconic weapons you can get. Like if if you kill certain people in that at the start, you completely miss out on some pretty cool iconic weapons. Yeah. So the couple of playthroughs that I've done all the way to the end, um, I saved brick right. So at the end, oh, yeah. I, I encountered Brick again, right? Because he was talking to Nancy, and that that led to, you know, hey, you get to leave here without a fight at, at the yeah. Torres. And then yeah. I I forget. I kept, I kept uh, Royce alive, and that kind of did similar, right, at the end. But 
my, now this it's one... it's his it's his buddies it's it's Royce's buddies that if you keep them alive you get uh there's a chick and a like a Weasley little dude yep. the guy who talks to you during the start Maelstrom mission the guy who's all like questions you and finds out why you're there yep. and all that before Royce shows up and muscles his way into everything but if uh, you keep him alive you get a uh, I want to say it's a revolver a uh, dum dum yeah yeah you get dum dum. Yeah, the, the next is kind of yeah, cool. The next uh, playthrough that I'm currently on, and this is for my Nomad build, is I killed Royce and I killed Brick, and I want to see who I encounter at the end there. Huh? Right. I have not gone. I have not killed them both. You know, I yeah. probably should have. Yeah. So um, that would have made more sense for my corporate ninja. Yeah, because uh, you know I, I shot. Royce, and then I found the detonator, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> let's blow it up and see what happens," you know. But yeah, so right now I'm on that playthrough, and that's probably going to be a while <laughs> before I uh, get to that final uh, area. So, right, so the main quests, right, is uh, so you encounter um, so after the heist, right? So you completed the heist and get uh screwed over by your wonderful fixer um which mm -hmm. doesn't end well for him either um and you then get to find his gun's pretty fun too yeah yeah it is um then we get to meet and understand the whole johnny situation right he's now an engram in your head trying to kill you yeah um <laughs> Which, to me, you know, you are now officially, <laughs> yeah, Nazi Fagan. That's 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 the, I think that's the clinical term for it. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was a great use of okay, what's the next step in Soul Killer? Right, evolution. Um, I mean, cause... in my games, we were doing that like twenty years ago. We uh, basically after we saw Ghost in the Shell. And like the I and Chrome, I think it was, it was Chrome two that introduced the Biopod option. Right. We combined the Biopod with Soul Killer and was just like, well, there you go. There's a new body on demand. Uh, but the idea of having two personalities in one head, yeah, that was new and interesting. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So the next quests were, you know, hooking up with. Um... Pan Am and, you know, trying to get, uh, what the hell's his name? I want to help say Helsing, but <laughs> it's not. Um, so the doctor who kind of created the whole, uh, soul, save your soul program. Oh yeah. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, uh, so that he's was, a Weasley little dude. He is. I liked punching him in the face a couple of times. Oh, dude, I wanted to put a bullet in his head the way he was acting. Especially my street kid. He's like, you're a corpus, screw you. You know, that type yeah, of attitude. Yeah, exactly. That's how my nomad felt like, you're lucky you're mission specific. Or I'd do things to you that would yep. make your mama weep. And that kind of ended, or at least not ended, but kind of cut off or diverted the rest of the Pam Am uh, sequence of plays, right? Or sequence of missions, right? Because those turned yeah, into... Yeah, it, it put it on pause for a little bit. 
Yeah. And then the second, I would say the second branch of that main uh, was with Evelyn. <clears throat> um, and that path with Evelyn was messed up. <laughs> I mean, granted... Yeah, it was it was really... Like, some really disturbing things happened to poor Evelyn. I say poor Evelyn, but she kind of... I mean, I'm not, not one to victim blame, but she was really playing it... A, a dangerous, dangerous game, and, and man, like it was good storytelling, but yeah. it was rough. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ, because that introduced the Voodoo Boys and um, the whole mission with the Voodoo Boys, and yeah. Ooh, don't get me started on the Voodoo Boys. I, I don't get why they made the decision to make the Voodoo Boys a Netrunner gang. I'm, I'm not sure where that came from. Um, uh, it, actually, it works in the context of the game. Go ahead. Well, I, I see it as so. I liked it because you know, with Voodoo, you have you know the lull, right? And, and the the spirits of the lull technically ride the priestess and priests, right? Um, sure. During ceremonies, so I could see that kind of being a kind of spiritual thing. I mean, it's a... to them. Yeah, it's a logical. Uh, it, it's a logical progression, I guess. Uh, I just um, it's a lot different from how the Voodoo Boys are. I, how I present the Voodoo Boys in my game, right? And I think uh, we, so. It caught me off guard because they're one of the major gangs that I use. Yep. Um, but it, I liked it and I hated it at the same time because man. Those are some shady, shady motherfuckers. Yep. Yeah, I think we already talked about uh, how we view the Voodoo Boys and that we uh, look at, uh, what was it? Um, oh, my God. My, my my brain just went blank. Predator 2 uh, with King Willie, right? Yeah, Predator 2, King Willie. I mean, you can, you can bring the Loa in, but at the end of the day, King Willie's your boy. Yeah, I mean, um, just to to do a war story, I I actually ran a I think it maybe a single shot or, or a couple sessions in which I had the voodoo boys being you know complete voodoo spiritual, and then the maelstrom were basically a, a Cthulhu cult, right? And I tried to get Cthulhu punk into that game, um, which kind of was successful. It's sorry if that's a side base volume volume two, yeah, two <laughs> six. So, the players... Uh... For me, the Maelstrom, I mean, they're how I presented them in the Combat Zone source book. They are just a bunch of bored-out fight junkies. Yep. Which, I was quite pleased with the way they were presented in the game. Yeah. Um, other than the weird eye thing that they all seem to have, that, that, that just came off as, like, that's, that's the pinnacle of their visible cyberware, is their weird eyes. Well, some I th- of them have some cyber limbs, I guess. But... I think the concept of it's... people and their, you know, how humans relate to a person or to other sentient creatures, right, is through the concept of eyes and, you know, the face. Sure. By dis- distorting that, they become uh-huh. non-human, right, and more machine than, than anything. And I, I'm thinking oh, they yeah. were very influenced I mean... by... Uh, the Matrix drones coming in. 
Yeah, that's they look a lot like that. Like that 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 was the idea that I got from it. Um, and like I said, it's just logical pro- projection. I mean, the fact that the Maelstrom and Voodoo Boys uh, and the Valentinos still exist after seventy years. Um, that's cool. Yeah, they're not going to be the same as they were in 2020, that's for sure. Yep. So the rest of the main mission, basically, once you dealt with Evelyn and the Voodoo Boys and, and basically got alt uh, on your side, um, the main mission really centered around Takamura uh, and, and getting yeah. to meet uh, the wonderful Takamura Eris. is one of my absolute favorite video game NPCs of all time. Like, I wanted to play Takamura. Yeah. That um, dude is really badass. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that whole play out of, of Takamura trying to work and, and get in contact with uh, the heiress and then, you know, trying to basically complete the mission right little miss Hanukkah. um so again another npc from the 2020 days who's somehow still young and pretty yeah i mean arasaka it makes perfect sense like all the arasaka people are young and pretty because well they're the richest people on the planet well i mean if you, if you remember one of the um fake advertisement from uh the cp2020 books and I forget which resource, I think it might have been Home of the Brave, in which they have that ad of the young woman there, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you're 86, you can look like this. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you look like you're 18. <clears throat> so, I want to say uh, Hakabat did the art for that one, I think. I could I, be wrong. I, I think so, too. But, like, you know, so, so for those with the main mission, right, so the heist, I, th- I think we kind of glossed over uh, <laughs> your Nubo and... Uh, uh, killing his dad. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, to me, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my <laughs> lord!" Number one, he's still. It alive. was really <laughs> shocking to me that they kill Saburo like right off the bat. Like, he's the big, big bad guy that you know uh, he was presented anyway as the big bad guy that everybody was supposed to be afraid of in 2020. So for them to kill him off like just nothing at the start of the game, man, right. That's, it's like killing Drew Barrymore off in uh, Scream, just right in the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I think from a, a Cyberpunk 2020 fan, uh, seeing that, I was like, my jaw was dropped, and I like couldn't even touch the controls for like a that minute. That did not just happen. Holy I shit. Um, especially with Nur- uh, Yorinubu, because, you know, in 2020, he's you know the rebel son I mean, who's trying to kill him. Yeah, he's yeah he's kind of a good guy in that. Well, not a good guy, but I mean he's he's like somebody who would be you would ally yourself with at at, at any rate if you were a edge runner who happened to meet him. Yep. Yeah. So, um, anything else you want to talk about with the the main missions? I mean, I thought the parade was very interesting. Oh, the parade is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a video game. Um, like, even if you don't like the game for some reason, whatever, if you can make it to the parade to just sit there and watch it, you will have, you will have gotten your money's worth out of this game. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, Just speaking of like the art, to me, you know, the price you pay for that game, okay, fine. That there, there's bugs, and I think running on a, a lower system, again, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm spoiled. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I'm running around right now as we speak, just driving around the city, and I, you know, there's bugs. Like the frame rate is can can drop suddenly, and like it, if you're moving fast, it it takes you'll uh, you'll outrun the rendering. Yes. Which is kind of disappointing, but it doesn't break the game by any chance. You just it's, you get used to it. I think some people had the opinion that it did, but you know, again, if if that's what breaks the game for you, then Jesus Christ, <laughs> would I hate to see you the reaction of you picking up any Bethesda game at launch? Yep, or any Bethesda game like two years after its release. Um. Uh, so, is there any other part of the main mission that you felt was kind of like outstanding? Um, I mean, I loved it. I, I, it was very. The main mission itself is, is pretty railroad, and that's. I, I would have preferred a few more choices, a few more options on how how it plays out. Um. But at the end of the day, you've got basically three, four different options at the end. And they're all completely different outcomes. Uh, some are more traumatic than others. But so, they're all good storytelling. Like, do not, do not be afraid to go with your gut. So you want to talk about the uh, endings now? or And then uh, talk about the side missions and stuff? Um, I mean, we can talk. We've talked about the main mission. Let's yeah. talk about some side missions because that's sure. that's where the real glory in this game. Is. Yeah, and I you think... come across some just fantastic <laughs> stories. Yeah, um, I think the the two really you know ones that stuck in my mind are the Sinner Man, right, with the crucifixion, and uh, the Pirellas. Um and I'm not going to group up these the romance missions with the side missions because I think they no, are we'll talk kinda, to them in about in yeah, a minute. The, those are they're their own separate, thing. yeah. But those those are the two uh, ones I really enjoyed. The first playthrough I did with uh, Pirellas, um, when you're about to meet the you know meet them and tell them divulge whether you know what's going on because his wife told you to to, to shut your mouth and don't say anything. So I really, really dug that mission. Yeah. So my paranoid cyberpunk mind was like, so after talking with him and telling him, hey, yeah, this is a problem. I had to call like Vic Victor, you know, the, the romance I had at the time, all of my allies, because I always felt like as a cyberpunk player, you know, who if someone came in and like, you know, called you up and said, Hey, we're watching you. Those would be the people I'd be yeah, like, that's... Oh crap. I'm endangering these people, you know, and wanting yeah, to like say, exactly. Go to ground, man. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to <laughs> like tell everybody, <laughs> you know, find cover, stay there. I'm going to disappear for a while. So that, that don't try and find me. And that's why I love that because it, it really brought 
my experience with cyber, playing Cyberpunk 2020 to to this game, you know. My my only complaint with the Pirelli mission is I really I really wanted to keep following up on it. I, I wanted to see that one to the conclusion. Um, it but it felt like it felt like they were leaving it off for possible future DLC, and I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that this game does get DLC, and that these whiny little bitches haven't just destroyed the franchise. Because if this game doesn't get a sequel. Oh, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah, it deserves a sequel. It definitely does. Um, but I actually watched uh, another YouTuber who talked about that mission because he was getting into... <clears throat> he also talked about the whole um, ARG, right? The um, alter reality game that was going on with Cyberpunk and the various hacking that was going from, you know, clues on their site or their promo thing and... Um, they oh, got yeah. into uh, what um, uh, about that mission because what they did was one of someone, and I'm not sure if it was that YouTuber or someone else brought it to his attention. Um, basically, if you look in the background, you see Mr. Blue Eyes watching the conversation. And for those of you who Ooh, haven't I'll played have to keep yet, an eye yeah. that next time. So, Mr. Blue Eyes is the guy at the well, two of the two or three of the uh, endings, right, at the end, in which you contract with him. Yeah. He's um, uh, he's someone to keep an eye on. Rook, you, what your question says, uh, have they said Oh, crap, anything? I'm not looking at Twitch. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's why I'm here. Um, have they ever said what that blocked stat is? Uh, I don't think they did. Um, supposedly, there's speculation that it had to do with uh, Johnny uh, and the rep you had with Johnny, but it was very... They they still don't know. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's really vague and... Like, what the hell is this for? Yeah. But I think in, in the first... Or, or their their uh reveal at uh was it 2018 e3 um they had two stats one was like body and the other one was con or something like that um and that's where the sixth stat came in so it could have been an issue of hey we're consolidating these two stats and we have a blank stat box right and but who knows um so Let's get back to the side mission. So, uh, I, so like I said, the second one was the Sinner Man, um, which is funny because one of my friends who actually played through the game, he he actually like ducked out of the Sinner Man before seeing it through. And mm. when I told him, "Oh, you didn't play the whole thing," he's like, "No, man." But I kept on seeing these ads for this uh, BD for a cute crucifixion. And he's like, "That's mind blowing." I'm like, "Dude." If you played through, you would be in that BD. You play and he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, so those were kind of my two, two standout uh, side missions. Uh, do you have any others that you think of that really like? I loved. I really dug the Pirelli mission, uh, like you did. Um, 
Man, I'm trying to think back. Uh, I know there's there's so many of them. There's so many. Uh, honestly, I think one of my favorites was uh, I know we were going to talk about romances later, yeah. but uh, doing the whole doing the thing for uh, River where you chase down the serial killer that that was pretty badass. Yeah. Um. um yeah, that that was pretty. Yeah, uh... <laughs> but again, you know, it definitely tied in with the with the serial killer. I mean, there was a few like um, the other one that kind of was kind of messed up was uh, I, I think it was like a city official's son got murdered, and and there was two oh, father man, and did son. I take some retribution on that mission? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was so mad about that. I finally get to the end and. I shoot the dude's son in the stomach and let him watch him bleed out just because, oh, you sick son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, Van Man, Mon- yeah. I had kind of repressed that memory. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> This game gets really dark and not in a childish cliche way. Not like it's it's an adult game, but not yeah. in the... I mean, it is ridiculously over-sexualized. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But the actual missions are like dude, some of them are some nightmare fuel. Yeah, um, Van Mon um, talks about the Zen Master, which yeah, I, I thought that was a, a nice takeaway, right? From, I dug the Zen Master from yeah. doing all this various violence or seeing these dark missions and, and getting there and being like, "Hey, come meditate with me," and you're like, "Okay." I I. It, it was really short, but I liked the mission where you, uh, pardon me, Bless you. where you meet, thank you, uh, you meet the, uh, the monk whose brother has been kidnapped by Maelstrom, and yep. they, like, stuffed him full of cyber against his will. It's a little short thing, but you come across those guys a couple of times later, and it's nice yep. to see how it turns out. It was just a nice little touch that, and there are so many of those in the game, just these Little side missions that may not be very long, but they provide so much like story and flavor and art to the game. Yeah. Um, um, the real one that really got me like fed up was uh, Sweet Dreams, in which you do that brain dance uh, with the street guy. I don't know if you, you completed that, where you wake up naked with the uh, scavs. Yeah, again, some vengeance. Some vengeance took place on that one. Well, yeah, um, that that was the problem. I, I did hated. like that they remembered you. Like, hey, this is the guy who fucked us all up earlier. Yeah, but but the guy who sold it to you, you know, the adventure oh, yeah. basically says, "Oh, you can either let him go or you can let him go." I was like, okay, and then he ran away. However, my second playthrough, I was like. Yeah, I'll let you go. And like, as soon as he like turned his back to me, as soon as he turns around, <laughs> man. Yeah, fine. I'll take the I'll take the <laughs> yeah, one star. No legs, no more. Run on, run on the nubs. Run on the nubs. Yeah, I'll take the one star with the little drones and run away from those, and then rather have you. Uh... Oh yeah, no, I like fighting the cops anyway. It's it's pretty pointless. Yep. Uh, that, that's that's a minor complaint I've got is fighting the cops in this game is. It's ridiculously pointless like they just you can't win that yeah. you can't even survive it yeah so i think in our, our last session we talked about like uh the gigs and the um and uh b- 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 the 
how the fixers present them, right? Every time you're walking around, you get a call and you can't ignore it. You can't. You have to listen to it. And yeah, you might not want oh, to get God. into the gig at that particular time. Um, yeah, you can be on your way to go do something important for somebody <coughs> else and they just won't shut up. Yeah. And sometimes if you're not careful, it'll like re redo your objective so you like suddenly change direction to where you're going you're like yeah. wait this isn't where i'm supposed to be exactly um so and then you had the uh two types of uh police reports right um whether it was a um, uh, disturbance or going off and, and neutralizing a gang leader i'll tell you the one i like the most i like the uh the fixer who sends you after the cyber psychos um yeah each and every one of those stories is is tragic in its own way some of them are much more involved than others like some of them you go pretty deep down the rabbit hole others you just show up and all the stuff has already happened you're basically dealing with like a little mini boss and and that's about it but like the dude who uh they uh, I want to say it's the scavengers or or oh the maelstrom uh, where, where where they had the the satanic ritual. Uh no, the one out on the pier where the gang members they they like kill the dude's daughter, oh, so he right. just goes on a rampage and like yeah, yeah. you go down this great big long pier and there's just corpses everywhere yeah. and. Each there's like all these little like story things letting you know exactly what's happened. Yep. And uh like I sympathized with the dude until he started killing civilians. And then yeah. I was like, dude, I was on your side up until this point. Now you gotta go. But again, you know, that's the the whole thing with uh cyberpsychosis, right? Is you start losing who's good and who's bad and they just all become oh, yeah. victims. Um the one that I thought was... I like the dude out in the country who... Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the one that was in um, Sixth Street Territory. The woman who was, the, I think, the wife or the sister. And, you know, the family's trying yeah, to... Yeah. And you go into the basement and, wow, <laughs> you killed your own family. Because you're just gone. Yeah, yeah that, that was... That was Bonzo. I mean... You, it 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 felt dirty and wrong from the very start. Yep. The uh, the one with the it also takes place on a little pier, but the one with the like soap opera chick whose sister like gets her like <laughs> steals her face, and yeah. then like makes her real ugly and shit, and so that she goes nuts and uh, kills everybody at the wedding. And she just thing. confuses yeah, just the, like, the this... soap opera like the the soap opera with reality. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's like this is the most soap opera script I've ever seen. They, they should adapt this. Well, no, if you read through it, the, the, the cyber psycho. It is a soap opera. Yeah, yeah no, she, the whole thing was like supposed to be like what a, was reality and what was soap opera, right? Because it, I think, I think part of the one of the shards basically said that you know she just went nuts. And yeah, it's like a, a reality thing. show yeah. about a soap opera star. So it's like. Uh, it, it it's some weird meta stuff going yeah. on in that one, right? Um, the the crazy old dude who out in the country who like landmines his property <laughs> and accidentally kills his family. 
Like, Jesus, dude, you need help. Well, there was two of those guys, two cybercycles. One had the, the yeah. farmstead. The other guy was, like, up in a, a windmill, and he had all the, the mines. Yeah, that dude who, uh, like, <laughs> took out all the raff and shiv around him and stuff. Yeah. That dude was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, so, I know we're... But, I mean, sure. all of it felt organic to the world. Like, none of it felt contrived or... Yep uh or cliche really even it just it felt like hey this could happen here yep um yeah and a rook about the the big mech dude that was an interesting fight i love the big mech dudes like those are your classic cyber psycho villains right there those are the guys you're terrified of the other guys are mostly like just regular dudes who just like overdid it a little bit with cybernetics and then there's the true, like, 800-pound uh, monsters that are just going to destroy everything. Um, I like that there's, like, one out in the middle of nowhere, and then there's one who guy who works at a garage or a construction site or something. It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the romance missions. Um, out of the four of them. And Am's my girl! <laughs> I actually liked uh, Judy, um, just because you know that whole under underwater scene, and, and you know the underwater scene was incredible. I was, I, I really enjoyed that part. It's yeah. it's it felt completely like it felt like it needed like it it felt like it belonged in the game, yep. but it was so unexpected and so different from anything else that had come before it or after. Uh, that it was a nice, refreshing bit. The only thing I, the only complaint I have about that is that you don't get to keep the scuba suit and go scuba diving anywhere else. Yeah, I feel like they missed an opportunity with that. Yeah, and all all the oxygen tanks you acquire throughout the whole mission. It's like, um, I've been in the water and it's very murky and dark, and I don't know what's out there, but I don't want to spend you know. 50 hours swimming around <laughs> looking for maybe something out there, you know? I mean, granted, I have the oxygen yeah. to do it, but I just never got to it. It's um, it's just not the same. Yeah, so... so Like, I, I, like, I mean, it's a role-playing game. I want to I want to wear the scuba gear for my scuba swimming. Yep. I want to be able to put it on whenever I want and jump into water. Right. Um, so, for me, you know, uh, listing out the ranking, right? To me, Judy, I think, was my number one. Carrie was actually a, a, a great romance story. Um, then I would say Pam Am and then River. Because I think, I don't know, for some reason, River just, I don't know, not attracted to him. <laughs> no, Pan Am for me is number one. I, I loved Pan Am. I would have followed her through the gates of hell. Um, I mean, it didn't, it didn't hurt that, you know, when we first meet her, we're basically just introduced to her, but yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm sorry about how misogynistic that sounds. I apologize, but what can I say? I'm an ass man. Yeah. Um, also I think she has, she's the most altruistic NPC you meet in the game. Like she's really just there to help her clan, to help you. She doesn't really act selfishly in any way, except in the that she wants her car back. And I get that. Yeah. Like, I would want that truck back, too. It's a badass truck. Um, 
Judy Judy is ridiculously cute, but she is she doesn't give a damn about you. She is a manipulator. <laughs> Everything she gets you to do benefits her. She's not helping you at all. Um like she softens up later and don't get me wrong, she genuinely loves Emily. Yeah. She is uh she is all about the Moxie. She will do whatever she can to help them. But I I don't know. Like I just I never trusted Judy that she actively gave a damn about me. Um, now I haven't played through as a character who could romance her yet. Like right. I'm in the middle of that playthrough now, so we'll see. Right. Um. I liked I, I liked River. Um. Although of all the people I of all the like I wasn't gonna romance him personally, but I mean. The storyline itself, he's the only one who actually, like, kind of creeped me out. Just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... For some reason, something about his demeanor just creeped me right out. See, my problem, that probably could be my age, is he just reminded me of, like, you know, those 70s uh, pimps. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly the vibe I was getting from him. Like, dude, you're kind of sleazy. Yeah. Um... Carrie, Carrie, see his all his interactions seemed really genuine. Yep. Um, he he seemed like you know somebody who's seen it all, who's done it all, and had very little genuine connection to anybody in his life. And you know that that resonated. I, I like that. I like that storyline aspect of yep. it. Uh, plus, he gives me my favorite gun. Yeah. So, I mean, so uh, for me, like with um, Pan Am, I, I, I would agree with you, except, and this is going to lead into the endings, ending missions. Um, my problem with her was at the ending mission, when you're trying to have that, you know, that last call with her, um, and you're like, hey, I, I might be leaving for a while, and she just like blows up on you, like who the fuck are you? Why are you doing this to me? You know, you know what? Go it, fuck yourself. I'm like, whoa. It, I mean, I get it. So it sounds, like, it sounds like you're breaking up with her. Yeah. It sure. sounds like you're telling her that you don't want to see her anymore. And I get that. Like, it, it comes across as bitchy on her part, but it makes sense. And, uh, like, she immediately comes to your aid. Like, where sure. are you? Yeah. Sure. I'll be there in the morning. You just stick, stay put and stop talking stupid. Yeah. And, you know, I mean that's okay by me like she cares yeah maybe it's just because i've had in past relationships someone who's like that um which kind of was yeah. a red flag <laughs> yeah I, I i can see that too i've definitely definitely been with some wackadoos in my time yeah i i to the yeah to the to the extreme scale yeah. um I tell you who I wanted to romance more than anybody in the game, though, and that was Claire, the yeah. bartender. I have to agree like, with you. She man. is a, she is adorable. Yep. Um, she's got the best smile in the game. Um, she's she's a little crazy too. Uh, she her 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 whole vengeance aspect is, with the car races is is. is It'll throw up some red flags, yep. but I still think she's like 
I don't know. She's just adorable. I I, I, I very much wanted to romance her. Yeah. My my only real complaint with the romances is that once you get to once you complete the romance quest, like it it, it it's just over. Yep. Like you don't you don't get to revisit um I am not I am not someone who really cares about sex in a video game. But it's not something you get. To, it feels weird that you can't revisit any kind of intimacy with these characters after you have like won their heart. Right. It feels. It feels kind of cheap and misogynistic to just, or not misogynistic, just. Or have like a little Fario, like. You know. Yeah, like I, I, I knocked the boots. Now it's time to move on to the next thing. Right. Um. And to me, I think that whole aspect with judy when you had you know the the underwater thing right before it you're like okay why can't you have a similar you know date type of experience or mission maybe you know you get attacked by gangers during it and you know that gives you the action but yeah that was the one disappointment i had is you know once you're done, the like time... you can go visit them. You can go see uh, like Pan Am in her camp, or you can go see. Yep. Like Judy will hang out in her apartment, even though it says she's on the road. You can find her in her apartment. Yeah. Uh, there's, but it just nothing happens. Like yeah. they barely, they barely acknowledge you. And then the revisit is basically at one of the end endings, right? So we can get into that. Um, we're at I think ten of so. We should be able to finish on time um yeah so the endings right so what are the four endings sun moon devil and i forget the fourth one um so for those who haven't played through them you know you have the choice of selling out kind of selling out to arasaka you have the storm arasaka two versions of that and then you have the story yep. of Arasaka with the nomads, right? That's um, uh, that's basic gist. Yeah. <clears throat> um, There's you storm Arasaka for yourself. Yeah. Um, you storm Arasaka on Johnny's behalf. Yep. And you storm Arasaka on behalf of Hanako. And then you and the nomads, you that's the yeah. Yep. Yeah, so which one did you like out of all of them? I think I know. I like them all. <laughs> but I mean I'm definitely gonna I, I definitely chose the nomad one as, you know, this is my canon ending. This is the ending I'm leaving off on with my character. Uh Yeah. Yeah, it's the other ones are great. The I really like doing the Hanako one, but the way it ends is just so depressing. Yeah. Did you have uh, the or uh Takamura at the end or did you have the doctor? Um I had the doctor. Yeah. No, I had Takamura. You're right. Uh and that was kind of satisfying on its own right. Um, but it's just, it's so very bleak. Yep. Um, 
I liked the one where I like the ending where you can choose to uh, just continue to be a badass solo and yep. uh, the ending scene where you know you're you're you go into space and all that. Yep. On your own, like that is some that is some yeah. I very much enjoyed that one. Yeah. But uh, I, and that's when the the romance comes into play, right at that ending. Um, you know, the, the, that's when you're. I mean, there's there's a romance that does come into play there, um, and it's cool, but it's not as cool as the pan as the as the nomad ending. Yeah, the the one thing I noticed was that if you romance either female, right, Pan Am or Judy, um, and you you become king queen of you know the afterlife, both of them leave you. <laughs> Even though yeah. you, your time is short, right? Because they want out of the city. Versus doing the Nomad, both of them well, will join. Well, I mean, they don't just want out of the city. They want out of the life. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's the ultimate goal of most cyberpunk characters, or at least it should be, is I want a better life for myself. And yep. you realizing that you're not going to get that at all. I mean, your character just decides, hey, I'm going to go out on my terms by being the biggest badass I can possibly be. Right, and the the playthroughs with uh, River and Carrie, if you stay in the city, they stay with you, um, which I thought was you know interesting I never actually dynamic. successfully. I've got a I've got a female character who will uh, successfully romance. Um, uh, I think I think I think River can go for a chick. Yep. So so River's um, hetero. So River and Pan Am are hetero, and um, well, River's not hetero because he also tries to get it on with the, with the dudes. I think River's bi. Did he? I never tried with the um, male character. I I thought it was hetero. Yeah, he definitely he definitely wants a piece of your male character. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if he wants a piece of your female character. I'm, I think he does though. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I can um, confirm that. Carrie Carrie is not hetero. So I think my corporate ninja will try and uh, try that aspect. Um, it's a video game. I don't. Yep. I don't care. Uh, I, I know some people do. Some people. I'm actually. Yeah, some people get really squicked out by that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm personally. I'm glad to see that things are progressing to the point. Uh, where this kind of thing is possible. Yep. Like even 10 years ago, you wouldn't, this would have been unheard of. Um, well, in a so video game. kudos to them. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wouldn't, you wouldn't see it in a video game. You wouldn't see it in a, in a mainstream movie. You, you yep. just wouldn't see it anywhere outside of like some weird niche audiences. Yeah. And not to get into the, um, the whole subject, but you know, to me, um, my first experience, especially from an LGBTQ um, aspect of, of having that in-game was, uh, you know, with uh, Forlorn Hope, right? In which you have the trans. So Yeah, Forlorn Hope, the, the bartender of Forlorn Hope is trans, which is actually kind of, I mean, they make reference to that with Claire. She, it's, it's just a little throwaway line. Um, 
but she mentions that uh, she went through transition surgery. Yeah, so vampire bites. Uh, it didn't stop me from wanting to romance her in the slightest, yeah. to be honest. Vampire bites says uh, River is hot. They just made the mistake of using the same lead-up dialogue for male V and female V. If you try getting romance with River, he shoots you down. Really? Yeah. Because he definitely tries to kiss me on the on the water tower uh, as um, my nomad. Like he definitely like leans in for it. I'm like, no, dude, you creep me out. Hmm. Not because you're gay, just because you creep me out. You sleazy pimp like a mother. <laughs> it does make the game more immersive, Rock. Yeah. Rock. Yeah, and that's I think one of the the things and i know we're getting close to end time so um yeah and i I agree with you i think the the best to me ending was with the nomads right because it's one of the happier endings right because you you... i mean your character still thinks he's gonna die (laughs) but it's not so fucking bleak right like he's got a little bit of hope like we're just gonna see where it goes yep and i dig that plus the whole thing where you're like riding on the hood of the tank as it's going across the water. Yep. And, and I think, with, I mean, with the nomad, right. That whole buildup to the nomad is you're becoming part yeah. of the family. Um, so, which is, and nice. they play yeah. when they play the female cover of fade away yep. or never fade away over that scene, man, tears were coming down my eyes. I was, it's, is good stuff. So like, it is expert storytelling. Yeah. So what did you think of uh, letting Johnny take the body? Or did you? It's my least favorite ending. Yeah. Um, I don't like Johnny Silverhand. I, I've never liked Johnny Silverhand. Um, as much as I love Keanu Reeves, even that guy can't make me like Johnny Silverhand. So the idea of him taking over my body... And him getting to have a happy ending, it irks me. Uh, but I, to me, it didn't seem like he was happy at that ending. Um, well, I mean, he's Johnny Silverhand. He's a cynical little asshole. He's never going to be happy no matter what. True. But I, I think that whole, you know, the whole main story and the whole story in general was that. Yes, in the beginning, he was that character. But because you... And, and again, like like you mentioned with Ghost in the Shell, some of your V's personality merged into Johnny, right? And yeah. t- turned him into a better person, I think, uh, in the end. I mean, granted, you know, it's, it's still a, kind of a move <laughs> to take the body but yeah um, i mean i liked him going to the I, I liked the fact that he you know paid tribute he, he went to their little grave niches and uh you know dropped some keepsakes off yep but uh yeah no i i don't like johnny silverhand he's he's way too much of a narcissist all right so that's pretty much i think our evaluation of the missions is there anything that you think we missed i don't think we missed anything i mean i could i could literally go on for the next several hours <laughs> talking about the missions in this game especially yeah. the side missions yeah i could pull but up the, the wiki I, and just start going through oh yeah this one. Oh yeah 
the fact that all the missions in the game are named after songs, um, I, that to me struck a chord. I liked that. I did I, not I, notice that. Easter egg. Every single every single mission huh. you do is named after a song, usually a punk rock song. Huh. Um. Yeah, pay attention to that the next time you're playing. It's 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 pretty bitching, especially uh, if you play the game in your head, like who sang that song, who what album is it from, blah blah blah. Right. It's good stuff. Huh. Uh, next time, I definitely want to set aside time to talk about my favorite NPCs. Okay. So we'll talk about the NPCs next time. Um, one little thing I think we wanted to try doing a, a small segment and, uh, you know, um, of just uh, tips and tricks for, like, playing Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk Red. And, yes, we, we saved it to the end to give you the juicy pe- bits so you could actually listen all the way through. Um, so Oh, yeah. Here's where <laughs> for the grognard yes. speak up. So one of the things... Um, or, or tips or tricks and things that I use in my games. And it's kind of more of a recent thing. Um, I know on my site I have my, my luck point uh, system, right, in which you, you can purchase crits and, you know, uh, buy rerolls for fumbles with your luck points, right? Um, the other aspect I use luck for <clears throat> within the game is to, and, and I believe, you know, um, some other GMs have mentioned this is to actually use it as a mechanism for uh, randomness or chance within your game. Right. So a perfect example for me was uh, a couple weeks ago, one of my players decided, Hey, I'm going to start heading down into the combat zone um, to go and basically search for uh, a, you know, a shop to set up because he's a techie and he's looking for a, um, a, a, an, place to basically set up a shop for free, right? Um, so my my gut feeling is, okay, you're going to start walking down the combat zone, make a luck save, right? Which is, you know, roll a d10 and get either to your luck or below it. Um, and if you don't, then something bad's going to happen. And, you know, make the, <laughs> a couple of those rolls for, you know, every hour you decide to stay in the combat zone. And, uh, you know... It did not end well. <laughs> well, it actually ended well. He, he did survive, but he did encounter some um, nasties. Luckily, he was able to get his stealth rolls uh, going and was able to escape the situation. But that's another aspect. And I, and I pull it, and I think, Derek, you mentioned that, you know, that this fate system has that type of system. Um, I actually was pulling it from uh, the Call of Cthulhu with their luck stat and how it's used there. So, it's good stuff. Yeah, so if you you know luck is not just take points and and buy skills from a gm point of view because what happens and i've seen this a lot of times is players just use it as a dump stat um because they don't think yeah i see that a lot too um to the point that in my games uh like you're you, you don't get you don't apply your uh I give characters an allotment of points to spend on their stats. Um, luck is not one of the stats they get to spend points on. After they've spent all their points, I then have them roll for luck, and they just take whatever the dice give them. Um, because you know, I'm tired of seeing luck as a dump stat. Yep. So it just it solves the problem. Yes. Um, 
for the most part, I keep luck the same way though as uh, the book describes. You can uh, you can use it to affect the outcome of a roll, like up or down. Um, but you have to declare that you're using luck before you roll the die. You can also, if you've declared luck, you can spend a point of luck to uh, overthrow a fumble. Basically, it just becomes a one. Um, but beyond that, I like your idea of you know using it to affect uh, like the dramatic moment of the game. Like yeah, like yep. like Fade or Cthulhu. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good way to bring that into the game without it. <clears throat> um, and it's especially uh, kind of nail-biting for the players because they've used luck, right? And when I say, hey, you need to make a luck save, and they're like, oh, crap, I only have three points left. Yeah. <laughs> it it kind of sets their their tension a little higher, um, which is always a good thing as a GM for Cyberpunk. It is. That's a good tip. I like that. Because um, uh, people definitely, like, hell, half the time they forget luck even exists. Yeah. So anything to remind them that it's there is probably a good thing. Yep. Um, so do you have a tip or trick, or you want to do that for uh, next time? Uh, I mean, give me some give me some time to think on that. Because okay. um, really, I'm just going to point to point to my rules <laughs> rewrite, uh, Interlock Unlimited, and just say, hey, there's all my tips and tricks right there in one convenient place. Yeah. Um, but yeah. to like narrow it down to individual ones, man, that could take almost as long as me talking <laughs> about missions in Cyberpunk 2077. Nice. All right. So uh, uh, I think that's going to conclude this uh, next last or second episode. Um, so remember, I'm CyberSmiley. You can come to my site at cybersmiley.net. I am Wisdom. You can uh, come visit me at datafortress2020.com uh, and well programmed. I look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Yeah. And again, thanks to uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored, uh, cyberpunkuncensored.com. This is their Twitch channel, and uh, we appreciate Rob's uh, help with all of this. So all of you have a good evening, and we'll see you again.